everyone, and welcome in to another edition of Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. I am excited today to be joined by one of the originals, one of the the guys who helped get Stetson football back on the on the ground, back on the field. And let me let me give you some highlights. He is fourth in career tackles at Stetson. He is first all time in career sacks at Stetson. He is second all-time in career tackles for loss. He has the most sacks in a single game with three. He's tied for the most tackles for loss in a single game with five. He had three, uh, six career force fumbles. He recovered three fumbles in his career. His best games came in 2014. He had 10 tackles, including five for loss with a sack and a forced fumble against Jacksonville. And then he had a career high 11 tackles against Campbell in 2013 with one and a half tackles for loss and a sack. Now, all of the football accolades aside, he was an All-American. He was an academic All-District selection. He was a four-time Pioneer Football League academic honor roll selection. He was Male Athlete of the Year at Stetson. And uh, he received his undergraduate degree in marketing, and later this month he will complete his requirements for his MBA uh, I am extremely excited to be joined by Davion Belk today. Davion, welcome into Hatter Chatter. Hey, thanks, uh, Ricky, for the great introduction. Uh, you kind of reminded me of uh, some things I've done and uh, I forgot about a little bit, so I appreciate the, the great introduction. Well, uh, you know, your accolades are unbelievable, and I was looking back at the roster. And in 2013, when you came in, part of the first class, there were 108 players that came in that year as first-year players. There were some guys that were already on the campus and on team, so there were a couple of older guys. And then there was another class the next year that came in. In 2016, your final year, there were 17 seniors. It's amazing how the attrition wore on, but those 17 guys are guys that will always be remembered in this program. And I'll read you off a list, and we, we can talk about these guys. Chris Atkins, Chris Crawford, Eric Fogle, obviously Donald Payne, Grant Amick, Patrick Fogarty, Gary Gottling, Keegan Moore, Jonathan Jerosel, Glenn Adesoji, Cole Mazza, Mike Yonker, David Lazier, Dylan Wydrinkowski, Matt Warziniak, and Austin Marks. That group was the foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I mean, some amazing guys that really decided to you know, stick it out with Stetson, you know, build the leadership and kind of put some things in place that you see now with the program. Um, you know, those guys work their butt offs every single day. Um, and I was lucky and fortunate to play with them. You know, a lot of them made my game better because if they weren't, you know, coming after me and challenging me on how I can be better, um, you know, I don't know if I would have any of those um, stats. So um, those guys mean everything to the to the program. You know, they sacrificed a lot you know, to come and be pioneers at Stetson. Um, and I hope their their names are never forgotten. So so let's talk about your decision to come to Stetson. You're from Chicago. So obviously Stetson's probably not a place you had ever heard of before, uh, <laughs> before you came on your visit. Um, you grew up in Chicago. Um, you have some of the battle scars from growing up in Chicago that we can talk about later. But how do you how do you find Stetson? How do you how do you come to Stetson from where you grew up? Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. I had never, uh, you know, heard of Stetson. Um, when I look back at it, there was one point in time where I had saw them on uh, Sports Center, and I didn't even know it, didn't even register until after. But uh, Marcus Jordan, who, you know, was an alumni from my, my high school, um, Whitney Young, back in Chicago, he graduated from there. And there was a highlight he had against Stetson uh, <laughs> uh, when he was at UCF. He dunked right. on somebody. So I saw that highlight, but I never knew it was Stetson until later on. Um, but other than that, I had never really thought about it. So the way I end up finding Stetson is, you know, Coach Hughes and uh, Nolan Burns actually both, you know, recruited me hard um, and, and started reaching out to me. And that's when I finally started to learn about Stetson. Um, to be honest, I didn't even open the letters that they sent me right away. Like it was at the bottom of my locker for a while. Um, it wasn't until like after the season where I started to, you know, finally open the letters and reach back out and, you know, get into communication with the coaches. So when you, when you talked to, uh, coach, coach uh, Hughes and Nolan, what was it about those guys that drew you in? Yeah. I mean, they just seemed genuine. 
uh, to me. And it seemed like they, they really wanted me as Stetson for more than what I could offer as a, just an athlete. Um, you know, so they really, really pushed home the academic side, which was important for me as well. Right. Um, you know, and just their efforts too. I mean, like I said, they were recruiting me like hard, like big time, like they were in communication a lot. Um, you know, so that also stood out as well, but it was just really, truly them and how they, you know, talk to me more about my, my future than just about my four years playing football at Stetson. Right. Um, so you, you not only were a football player in high school, but I remember this from talking to you when you play player were a player. You uh, you were a tennis star in high school. Talk about how a defensive lineman is also a tennis star. Yeah, I mean it's just something that happened. And I have been playing tennis since fourth grade. Um, so I remember this was first of all I didn't play football until I was in seventh grade. That's when I first started playing tackle football. Right. Before that, I played flag football fifth and sixth grade. That was it. Um, So before I even played football organized wise, I I played tennis. So we had we had a coach walk in the class, say, hey, anybody want to play tennis? I looked around. I was like, I guess I'll I'll play. (laughs) I I went um, and we just did. We practiced on the fundamentals. Um, So that's like fourth grade for us. It was more about fundamentals than actually playing other people. So we would do how many times can you bounce the ball off the ground in the same spot? How many times can you bounce the ball off the wall? Uh, How many times can you hit it back and forth with your teammate? Um, You know, different things like that to work more so on the fundamentals first instead of the competitive. And then after you got out of, I think it's after you got out of fifth grade, that's when it turned into competitive and playing other people and worrying about points and stuff like that. But yeah, man, big, big tennis player that transferred over to high school. Um, I mean, I was like the JV captain um, my freshman year. And then the next year I was on varsity um, and stayed on varsity and played doubles throughout the rest of my career and was lucky enough to win a city championship um, for individual doubles. So like me and my doubles partner won city, uh, but also my team won city as well. So that was awesome. Insight Credit Union is a proud partner of Stetson University Athletics. Insight has been bringing better banking to Central Florida for nearly 85 years. Insight Credit Union is your local go-to for lower rates on auto and other loans, credit cards, and more. Insight Credit Union and you, better together. So I know I've asked you this before, but it's got to be, for for a defensive lineman, the footwork and the work you put in on the tennis court had to really transfer because – you were known as a guy who had tremendous footwork and that's what allowed you partially to be so successful as a defensive lineman. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was fundamental. I like people say, I don't know how they can ever relate different things like that, uh, that, but you know, to be honest, it it does kind of relate in the way you approach angles Mm -hmm. um, and different things like that in the game of football. So when I'm tackling, when I'm, you know, taking my first step off the line and that first step quickness, different things like that. So it definitely helped my game a lot uh, more than you would think. And, you know, you, you said it yourself, like it, it helped me be as good as I was when I could be a lot quicker than those, you know, 335 guys that were trying to block me. All right. So you get to Stetson and you've got a, a full year to practice. You've got to get, you know, you know, you're not going to play. What's the, what's it like going through that year? Um, I mean, it was a lot of not knowing what to expect. Um, you know, I, I actually couldn't practice for like the first week or two cause I, uh, was missing out on some paperwork that got delayed in the mail system and stuff like that. Right. Um, so I was, re- I was like super eager to get out there. Sure. I was like more hungry than practicing other, some of the other players. But, um, when I was finally got there, I was just like, get better. You know, how can I get better? How can I show that I'm getting better and just work hard every day? Um, so that was my thought. Um, you know, obviously that comes with a lot more, uh, hiccups than that, right? When you're starting a first year program, you know, you're trying to get things right. You're trying to get equipment, you're, you know, buying stuff that you forgot that you needed, um, and different things like that. But, you know, other than that, I really kind of enjoyed that, that first year experience of getting to know everybody. So I mentioned some of those guys that graduated the same time you did. Um, who were some of the guys on the team? Maybe some of those guys that you were closest with and you, I mean, obviously, I'm, you have a bond with all those guys, but who are you? Who are you still really tight with? Yeah, so uh, Donald Payne, obviously, um, as I, like my best friend, we talk, you know, almost every day. I just actually got a text from him not too long ago. <laughs> um, so Glenn out of Soji, um, Chris Atkins, talks to those guys, you know, every day. Uh, Dylan 
Um, he's actually my roommate. So Dylan Wojcikowski is actually my roommate. So I see him every day and, and we all always talking about different stuff and kind of reminiscing every once in a while about uh, the good the good days uh, of playing uh, football and stuff like that. So those are a lot of guys. And Mike Yonker, too, can't forget him. Yeah. Um, but those are guys I kind of talk to a lot. But the other guys, we still, you know, share a bond. And, you know, anytime I talk to him, it's like picking up where we left off. So now Dubs is getting married, isn't he? Yeah, he's getting married, man, and uh, in January. So that that'll be exciting. I'll be there. Um, you have to find yeah. your new roommate after that. <laughs> exactly right. So I'll be there cheering him on and you know supporting him as always. So let's talk about some of your memories from playing football. Some of the games that stood out. Maybe maybe some situations that that have happened that that just uh, remind you of those good times going through the building process of this program. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I mean, the first game ever, right. you're always going to remember that, right. um, you know, having especially it being two days. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think before then I've ever played a game of football that, that uh, spanned over two days, um, you know, so so having that game and the rain delay and, you know, going back and finishing where we, we kind of left off on that uh, the first day of the game, you know, that was pretty cool. Got a sack in that game. Right. My uncle and, and dad were, were down for it. Um, I would have had two. Uh, Donald Payne jumped off sides. So I got to throw that in there. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, having those uh, fun experiences and, and that one was definitely a big one. Yeah, Don, um, Donald was a little aggressive, so he can. <laughs> hey, I mean, he got a lot of all, all the tackles for a reason. That's so exactly right. Um, so it makes sense. But, so, so is there any other games that stand out in your memory? Yeah, every homecoming game, um, you know, all those had so much energy. First year was, you know, Davidson. Uh, we know we played Ave Maria. We played Marist. Um, that game really stood out for me as a personal best game. You know, went out there and got out there on the quarterback and I, I had three sacks that game. So that's, you know, one of the career highs. So that was a ton of fun. Kind of, you know, lived in the backfield a little bit, uh, getting out to the quarterback. So that was fun. Uh, Campbell games, man. Any Campbell game was always fun. They were always close. Starting from the first year, where I think the first game was nineteen to eighteen, um, and they they won that one. Then we came in their their place and beat them um, at the buzzer, right. essentially. Um, and then we they came back here another close game was like sixteen to six, um, and then we played them again there for our last season. And you know ESPN top three play right. and a great game and a good one for me too. I mean that was the first time I had a you know player of the player of the uh, week. Right recognition from the conference those Campbell games always stand out because they were so (laughs) tightly contested and and the way things happen I mean Donald had his game there the first time we went over there with the 30 tackles and then the second time you know he gets he gets hit on the opening kickoff and is is knocked out of the game for a minute and he winds up he and Jeb Boudreaux making the play that you know made sports center (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, it was fun. I mean, I was exhausted, so I didn't make it down to the end zone as fast as they, <laughs> as they did. Uh, but I made it there eventually, so um, it was fun. So not only did you play football, obviously, and you were tremendous academically. I mean, four times PFL academic honor roll, academic all district, all those accolades that I mentioned earlier. But you were active in uh, fraternity. You were active in community service. I mean, you were active in a lot of different things. Talk about why you felt – I mean, I guess the whole experience, you tried to embrace everything. I did. I mean, going off to to Stetson, um, you know, and going off to college and playing Division One football was kind of a dream for me. Um, and, and, you know, having that opportunity, I wanted to take advantage of everything. So not just the football experience. So it was important for me to to get involved in, in, in everything because some of those opportunities I had, and things I was able to do, I wasn't able to do, you know, back at home in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I didn't have some of those opportunities, um, you know, so that was huge for me to just get involved, help people, um, meet people, interact with people, network with different people from all over right. uh, the world, really, you know, as that sense. So that was that was huge. I know uh, one of the things or one of the several things you did, you worked with with kids a lot on reading and different things. What's it like to 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 walk into a room with a bunch of, I don't know, third graders and see their eyes light up and, and when you come in the room and uh, have that experience where they're all looking at you with kind of an awestruck look? Yeah, I mean that was that was huge. I mean it, it was 
it touched me so much. I, I like really made an effort to go back a sec. Like I made an effort to go back a second time and then some more times, you know, trying to set things up with that. But, you know, just to be able to read and talk to these kids and see them all bright eyed and, you know, ask a ton of questions, you know, and being their innocent selves. Do you know Odell Beckham? Uh, no, I don't. But, uh, you know, different things like that. Um, and just having that experience, it was just it was just really touching for me because obviously, I mean, one at one point in time, I was a third grader, sure. you know, um, and I was looking up to, to different people and having different dreams. So um, it was pretty cool. And, and you know, big shout out to uh, uh, Stetson alumni, Robin Dietrichs, who, you know, kind of helped me get there. And uh, and Madison Gay, um, who actually I think she has a last name Gannon now because she married one of our former players, Sean Gannon. Right. So, um but, you know, they helped me get over there first and invited me out. And then I came back a second time and bought some some uh, treats for the kids and stuff like that. And um, and then from there, I helped, you know, some of the other players um, like Shane Parton, you know, start up a, a program where they came back and brought several other players right. to go read to the, to the kids. So it was pretty cool. Geico offers a special discount on car insurance to Stetson alumni. Just visit Geico.com to get a free quote and select Stetson alum to see how much you can save. Don't drop the ball when it comes to saving money. Contact Geico today. And you give back in other ways, too. Even now that you're, I guess, out of football, I know you've you've uh, had several different attempts and different looks at that pro and have played a little pro, but even now that you're working full-time in the admissions office, you still come back to practice or come back to the field and and work with some of those young defensive linemen to help improve their skills. What is it that draws you back? I don't know, man. I just, I always wanted to offer help. People always, you know, um, have been able to, to help me. Um, and sometimes people haven't been able to, but I always wanted to be the person who, if I have time and that's all I can offer you, I want to be able to do that. Um, you know, if I can help you, if you want to learn when people want to learn, that excites me. Like if you want to learn, you want to get better. I'm going to teach you everything I know. There's no reason for me to hold all that knowledge. You know, the game is, uh, passed me by in, in a way. Um, you know, so if I had a lot of knowledge and I was able to be successful, why wouldn't I want to share that with other people so they can, you know, reap some benefits and, and be successful as well. And one of the things I mentioned, obviously the academic all district, but one of the things that you were able to have been able to do since then, you were our nominee as a senior for the National Football Foundation Scholar Athlete of the Year, which is only the best of the best of the best get even nominated for that. And since then, the National Football Foundation has started a, I don't know if you call it a mentorship program or a, a postgraduate program that you've been able to participate in a little bit. Tell me a little bit about those experiences. Yeah, absolutely. So I wouldn't necessarily call it a mentorship program, even though you definitely have opportunities to gain mentorship. Um, you know, I, I would definitely see it as more of a postgraduate program and, and kind of like a growth, um, growth and development, growth and personal development, huge, big time. Um, you know, so that experience is amazing. They actually, you know, pay for us to, to go out um, to California every every year. Um, you know, and I've been able to go twice, um, one time by myself when I was the first nominee and then another or a semifinalist. Um, but the second time was actually, I got to go with Austin Tyrrell, um, who was our, our next nominee. So, um, it, it it was really cool, you know, fun experience. I mean, I'm hearing from some of the top leaders in, in, you know, in Silicon Valley speak, who I, who happens to be some of the top leaders, um, you know, in, in Fortune 500 companies. So, you know, listening, you know, to people from Intuit, uh, CEO of LinkedIn, Jeffrey Weiner, um, many, many, many different uh, people within different fields um, and just sharing their experience and knowledge with us. So it's always a fun event. Um, a lot to take in, you know, I'm always there taking audio memos or trying to take notes, um, either or, you know, and, but I gained so much and just being able to interact with some of the other, uh, players from different schools. I mean, I just got done talking to one of them, um, you know, recently and we, you know, just reconnected and ca caught up real quick and talked about how we were sad that we were missing it this year. Sure. Um, but you know, he kind of updated me on his life and I updated him on mine and it was always good to talk, um, to, to other people. To me, that's got to be a big part of it is you get to interact with, you know, guys that were your contemporaries and, and around your age that, that that have gone through the same battles you have as far as football and, and they're now in the professional world and are excelling like you are. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, whenever you can get around like-minded people or people who are, you know, even more um, successful and, you know, you might want to look up to them, it's always good to be able to kind of pick their brains and always talk to them and just connect, man. Those guys are awesome. They're a ton of fun to be around. Um, it's always a, a good time. And, you know, it's like, it's really the summit, the the Campbell Trophy Summit is what it's called. It has really become like a, a brotherhood for, for that group. Right. So now that you've graduated now you're receiving your MBA you work in the uh, admissions office as a recruiter for the university talk a little bit about your role there and how you got involved with that yeah so uh, it's it's crazy um, because I was actually had just gotten back from the IFL not not too long at that point when I first started um, I was here, I was just training, right. um, looking for the next opportunity. I really wanted to get to the point where I could play, um, out, outdoor football, you know, um, that was my goal, whether it be for at the time, AAF was still around right. and was starting up and, or, you know, trying to get into NFL camp or anything. So I was just training at that point and I had a, a fellow alum come back. Um, her name is Marn Rye. She played on the, um, sand volleyball team. Right. Uh, here at Setson was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's, she's an international student. So she came back in town and we, we met up, hung out a little bit, walked around Stetson and she came to the welcome center. And when she was there, she started talking to some, some different people. And actually, um, coincidentally enough, they were hiring for a missions recruiter role and they were like, Hey, well, you know, what are you doing? Are you interested? And I said, you know, um, you know, sure. Why not? I looked into the role and made a lot of sense. You know, I was at my alma mater, so I was all about helping and I applied, got the got the role and um, the rest is history, should they say. Well, I know uh, it's an extremely important role for the university, especially in the in the era of COVID-19 to recruit students. How is how is recruiting changed and how have how is uh, the recruitment towards Stetson and how's the reaction from students, potential students to Stetson been? Yeah. I mean, we don't get a ton of face-to-face interactions anymore. Um, You know, we don't have as many people on campus, obviously, or any people on campus visiting Um, at this moment, at least, you know, we're working uh, actually into going back into having visits on campus uh, within the next week. So uh, that's awesome. Um, But we haven't had that, you know, so it's figuring out ways to create those interactions virtually. You know, mm-hmm. we've been doing uh, Zoom calls and some virtual chats and, you know, different things like that. But it's a it's a really interesting time, you know, because some students are, you know, trying to figure out what's going to happen. <laughs> are they going to be in class? Are they going to be online? Right. Are they going to be able to live on campus? Uh, which for us at this time is a, is a lot of unknowns. Sure. Um, you know, but we're just planning for every aspect at this moment and, you know, come june or the end of june um we'll have specific you know decisions from our leadership our presidents um going forward so you know i think the the world kind of understands what's going on and and why everyone's taking their precautions um it's just people just trying to get answers um so it's it's been you know difficult working through that but you know we've actually seen some success and been able to you know, actually, you know, put together a solid class coming into this year as we continue to still work on that. Now, you've got a pretty sizable and important recruiting area that you're responsible for, correct? Yes. So I'm responsible for Orange County, um, which is not necessarily our back door, but to speak, but it's, you know, pretty close. I was, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away, Um, but I also have the Midwest. So, you know, I'm looking at Illinois, Illinois, Iowa, uh, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Missouri. Now, at one point, you had the Southeast, right? Um, at, no, at one point, I had Volusia County, which okay. was um, huge. So last year, I recruited Volusia County, and that's one of our or our biggest territory. Sure, obviously. Um, yeah, because that is our actual back door. Right. So you know, um, that's like one of our most important areas. So when the world is normal, you get to travel to a lot of schools to – to recruit face to face, or or do you recruit and then bring them in to meet face to face? Yeah, so I, I get to, I get to travel. You know, um, last year I went to South Carolina to help out with some territory there. 
Um, you know, I went to uh, Chicago and recruited around the Chicago land area for a week and visit many high schools and had to meet uh, opportunities to meet some students face to face, you know, and with their parents and stuff like that. So we're doing that. But then we're also encouraging them to visit as well. You know, it's important for them to see campus and get here, which is why we you know, kind of had to switch to more so virtual tours and stuff like that. Show your Stetson spirit and get your green on with officially licensed tea. Sweats, hoodies, and more. Go to www.shopgohatters.com. All your Hatters gear is just a click away. Visit www.shopgohatters.com today. Recruiting Chicago has got to be a lot of fun for you, both because you're from there, but because mm-hmm. you can go into those schools and say, look, this is where I went. You can get there, too. Absolutely. And that and that's huge. Um, and knowing and not, not only just that, but like knowing the different schools, you know, I, I have experience with the different schools. I know what you know, what students could be a good fit um, and, and where and recruiting in some of the Chicago public schools and recruiting some suburban schools as well and the private schools, you know, so it's a, a good mix and making sure like, um, you know, Stetson is is doing a good job of getting students from all different backgrounds. So let's go back to your youth in Chicago and you and I have talked about it, but for people who are listening to this and may not know your story, tell me about your story growing up in Chicago and some of the obviously difficulties and hurdles you had to overcome to get to where you are. Yeah. Um, I mean, growing up in Chicago was, was tough. Um, I mean, it was to the point where it was, hard for my, for my mom to even let us or want to let us walk to school Right. and our school. And just to give you a little, um, was probably maybe four or five blocks away. Right. So that, you know, that short a distance. And- yeah. Probably a 10 minute, a 10 minute walk or so. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, so have, so with that being said, it was, it was tough, you know, when we wanted to go outside and play, most of the time we were confined to inside the fence. Right. Um, you know, sometimes we can go outside the fence, but we couldn't leave in front of the view of my mom from the window. Right. Um, you know, so it, it was just tough things like that. That was a part of it, you know, and and when you just grow up in an in a area where there's a lot of pro- poverty and um, a lot of people struggling, it, it's tough and a lot of, uh, you know, violence. But, right. you know, even, you know, through that, you know, there's still always positives, even though it's harder to pull them out. There's mm-hmm. still always some some good things of how they they build you. And, you know, obviously, you know, about, you know, me losing my my brother and sister right. to, to, to gun violence, um, you know, during my sophomore year in high school within a really short amount of time. Um, I think it was like four, six, four or six months apart uh, mm-hmm. from each other. So that was a really, really tough uh, time for me, but, you know, and my family, but, you sure. know, for, it was just really about pushing through. Cause that's all I, I felt like I could do. I felt like I had to be strong. I had to push through, um, to hopefully, hopefully be, you know, different and hopefully have a chance to, to do something, um, you know, for myself and for my family. When those kind of things happen, obviously there's every emotion you can possibly imagine. And I, I can see just talking to you, it's still emotional for you, which I understand, um, but how did you channel that rage and emotion and, and fear and all of the things that roll into what those things that happen? How do you channel that into your athletics and your a- academics to, to, you know, to escape more or less? Yeah, I mean, part of it was probably bottling it up. Right. And just, you know, not really necessarily healing from those things. Um, and I don't think I truly actually – healed or more from it until I got to college. Um, and later on when I actually had a time to process those emotions and actually just think about what the, those effects really were on my family, you know? Um, but I think part of it was just trying to do the best I could to be better. I was like, what, what can I do? What's going to be important? I have to do this. I have to do that. This is going to be the best thing for me to create a better life for me and my, and my family and my future family. All right. So obviously you still have family in Chicago. Uh, do you, do you see them often? Do they come visit? Do you go visit them? I mean, how have things changed for you with your family since coming to Stetson? 
Mm -hmm. So I don't get to visit a ton, Um, you know, uh, maybe once a year. Um, Like I said, I just don't get a chance to visit enough. Um, But, you know, I do get a chance to to talk to my mom a fair bit amount and my dad a fair bit amount. Um, My my old, uh, my youngest brother's graduating uh, high school this year from Whitney Young. So he'll be the third graduate in our family from Whitney Young High School. So, and then he'll be going on to Aurora University Great. Um, to study there. So couldn't recruit him to come to Stetson. <laughs> I tried, I tried, um, you know, he's really interested into, in, in the music uh, production specifically. Gotcha. So um, he did his research and ended up picking the best school for him, but I did try. I did try. That's great. Um, yeah. But you know, Things like that. And like I said, it's just being able to to communicate with my family and, and talk is still enough. But I do plan to be able to hope to visit a little bit more. And no yeah. way you could possibly even think that when you decided to come to Stetson, that not only would it become your alma mater, but, it you know, it would become your home. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. I mean, that's why I came back, um, you know, because after I was, you know, getting ready to leave Nebraska, I could have just as easily went back to Chicago and set up shop there sure. and stuff like that. But I really wanted to come back to the land because for me, that was, that was home. It still is home. Right. So who were some of your role models growing up back home? Um, I mean, the easiest one to say and the, the, the truest one to say is my dad. Right. Um, I mean, I, I got to watch my dad firsthand uh, work harder than, you know, anybody I've ever seen. Um, and, and the hours that he spent, you know, working and, and, and doing all these different things. And even though sometimes it would limit the amount of time we can spend with him, um, you know, he always found a way, um, you know, for us. So that was, that was definitely one of my role models. So who are some of the other people that maybe besides your dad who have influenced and impacted your life, not only from Chicago, but once you got here? Yeah, absolutely. Coach Young, um, here at Stetson has been a, a big impact. I mean, he was like the the, the core stability for us on the defense, um, even though his stability was chaos, um, <laughs> you would call it. Um, but, you know, he was always there for me, um, even to this day. You know, I get a lot of chances to, to sit in his office and have long conversations. Um, and he's just been, you know, kind of that father figure for me down here um, where I can actually see and get to. Um, and just his help has been great. Um, you know, even, you know, being able to kind of lean on Coach Hughes a little bit and, and talk to him and, you know, get his advice and, and feedback has been, you know, very, very thankful or welcoming as well. Now, I know you're completing your MBA. What are you wanting to do with your second degree now? And is uh, admissions where you've decided you want to stay or is there something else out there that you want to try to go for? Um, I mean, it's always onward and upwards. Um you know, so you always want to be looking uh, to grow and, and, and you know, develop even more. Um, so we'll see what opportunities are, you know, in the forefront. I mean, I'm really, you know, really looking into uh, different fields and want to go into, you know, some areas like marketing or sales right. um, and some things like that, which is a recruiter role has been great for me honing in on, on those skills. Okay. So. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what's the next opportunity, but I'm, you know, just been open to everything and, you know, trying new things and, and trying to learn every day. Oh, we want to keep you at Stetson. So we just keep you, <laughs> keep you that, you know, move you up and uh, one day you'll be running the admissions office and, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep things going the right way here. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. When your travels take you to DeLand, count on Hampton Inn & Suites DeLand to deliver value, consistency, and thoughtful service. Ask about our new premium rooms. Book your next stay in advance and save up to 15% off the already great rates. If you weren't, if you hadn't been a football player and you hadn't come to Stetson, where do you think you would be? Hmm, great question. Probably like the University of Miami. Yeah, um, yeah I probably would have went to the University of Miami. I've uh, been studying there. Who knows where that would have led me after. But I think that's where I would have ended up going to, to school. Um, if you don't know it, um, I'm, I'm actually a, a University of Miami fan. Um, <laughs> um, just from, I don't know, around the time I was growing up, I saw a lot of University sure. of Miami. Um, 
and the way they play football. And that was, that was great. And then that kind of stuck with me and I applied and got accepted, um, you know, and that, that different stuff, but I, you know, didn't, didn't necessarily want to <laughs> want to go if I couldn't play football. So sure. I, if football wasn't an option, I probably would have been there. So obviously there's a lot of camaraderie in, in a football locker room and on a football team. What are some of the funniest things you remember that happened maybe away from the, away from the field in the locker room, some of our practice, some things you remember that, that, you know, just make you chuckle out loud. Oh man. Um, some good memories were uh, whenever we would have an extremely long rain delay. Uh, <laughs> we had those. So we've had some, okay. And I'm not just, not just talking about the game. So we had a extremely long Davidson uh, rain delay, which I couldn't even describe. I fell asleep three times and it still wasn't time to play. Um, <laughs> So that's how long that was. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just some of the rain delays we had at practice. So we would go in the locker room, we'll wait and we'll think it might be over soon, but then it turned to a longer time. And you just in the locker room with all those different characters and personalities, um, you know, and it was some, some rap battles going on. People just joking, listening to music. Um, but it was a great time to just be with my brothers and, you know, enjoy the moment. Now I know in addition to, to your role as a recruiter at the university, Last fall, you got a chance to do something else. You worked with Evan Weston on the broadcast of the football games. What was that like for you? Yeah. Um, so that was really cool, uh, you know, being able to broadcast through the radio um, and do the the color uh, analyst portion of it um, with, you know, me and Kenny. Um, oh, it was Kenny. And, okay. Yeah, it was Kenny. Um, and it was just a, a ton of fun to kind of have that opportunity and to be able to talk about some of these players who um, I play, who I've played with uh, sure. when I was still there and see them now in a leadership role on the team or as a senior. And they're out there playing their butts off and, and you know, just doing well and leaving, you know, Stetson in a good name. Um, so it's, it, it was a ton of fun, a uh, new experience. And, and I really did enjoy it. You know, Kenny just uh, announced that he took a position at Penn State, so he's parlayed uh, his one year helping us out to to now he's going to be covering the Indian Alliance, which is really cool. And it's yeah, always great go. to see guys and and you know females as well, students from Stetson or or wherever I've been to go on and have success after they've worked for you and and with you. Uh, it's always tremendous, and I always you know root for everybody that I've ever worked with in college. It's a lot of fun to see them have success. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what do you, what did you learn from some of your, your biggest failures? I mean, obviously you had a tremendous amount of success, but there's obviously, obviously were some challenges and failures along the way. What kind of things did you learn from failures, mistakes, things that happened to you along the way? Yeah. I mean, I try to, uh, treat every, you know, failure as an opportunity for growth. Um, you know, for me, I, it's not an opportunity to kind of look down on myself, or, you know, um, you kind of kind of live in, in an area where I just get stuck, you know, so to speak. So I try to take those opportunities and, and I, maybe I do need to take a little bit of time, clear my mind, get my head straight. Um, but I, I see how I can grow from those experience. Um, so for me, some of the, the, the learning points were when I was, you know, not getting opportunities to, to play football or do what I want. Right. Um, so I had to pivot a couple different times. Um, you know, based on opportunities. Um, so originally, you know, coming out, I was hoping, you know, um, you, I get drafted or at least invited to the camp, didn't get that opportunity. You know, I stayed at heart after working out, ended up taking on a new job um, in sales and marketing up in Chicago. Um, then I got the opportunity to play arena, um, you know, down originally for the Tampa Bay Storm. So I pivot, moved down to Florida, come down here, start working out again. Um that opportunity falls to the wayside when they actually drop the, the team as a whole. Right. Um, so now I'm like, Oh God, well, <laughs> what am I doing now? I'm down here for, I've been training for this opportunity. I haven't been working. Um, so then I pivot again um, and find a, a job where I was a uh, registered, uh, registered behavior technician. So at, at a place called ABC working with children uh, with autism. Right. So that was great and had a, a huge impact. And I felt like I was giving back and doing something great. But then I got an opportunity again uh, to play arena football and I pivot again in Nebraska. So um, 
from my like failures and changing of time, I just learned just be ready to to pivot, take on the challenges that life gives you, you know, with the full head of steam. And, you know, if you fail, learn from those failures and there's always room for, for growth. So what was that experience like for you having to, living in Nebraska, which is obviously Chicago is one kind of place. Florida is certainly different, but Nebraska is a whole nother animal. <laughs> It's definitely a whole nother animal. I am really glad I didn't get get there in the worst part of like the winter. Um, so that's good. Um, but also, I remember being there in the early parts of it and uh, we got a tornado warning. Wow. And I'm from Chicago. So when we get tornado warnings, we're in the city. We're not worrying about it getting to the city right. or doing any damage. There is normally in like areas further away from the city. Right. Um, in Nebraska, you actually have to be worried. You better believe it <laughs> when you hear a tornado warning. So that was new, uh, for me. Experience, you know, just being in a new, a completely new place. You know, uh, you know, fairly small town. There's two big cities in Nebraska, and that's Lincoln and Grand Island. I mean, that's Lincoln and uh, Omaha. Right. Um, Grand Island is where uh, my team was, and that's not one of the big cities. <laughs> um, so, you know, just living in a new place, small place, um, was a new experience, but my teammates were great. Um, you know, and also the fans were great too. Um, you know, the interactions I was able to have with them. Right. And also I did, you know, did school appearances there as well and, and read to, to students and different things like that. So what accomplishments have you had and you've had plenty are you most proud of? That's a great question. And you got making me think about that one a little bit. <laughs> well, you've had so many, it's got to be hard to pick. Yeah. I mean, um, wow. Hmm. I think maybe the, the, the Campbell trophy, um, semifinalists just cause you know, that's a national thing. Um, it looks into a lot more than, um, you know, just your presence as a football player. Um, but it also looks at your, your, your class performance and things like that. But I also think, um, you know, through that and what I'm learning every time I go to the the conference, I'm going to be able to make a a lot more impact down the road. Um, and I think that's really important. So I'm going to say that just because of, um, the future impact is also going to bring. Fans, when it comes to air conditioning in Florida, you need a name you can trust. That's why you should turn to the experts at Total Comfort for all your advanced heating, air, and electric needs. Total Comfort, a strong supporter of the Stetson Hatters and a company you can rely on. So I know you were a highly motivated player on the field, but what is it that motivates you most now? Um, my family. Um, I, like I, I'm, I just feel like I'm not... I'm not there yet where I want to be. Right. So I feel like I, until I can get to the point where um, my family is comfortable, while my younger brother is taken care of, you know, and I feel like everyone's in, in a good place and I'll be uh, a, a little bit more happy, but it's just motivating me more to take care of my family. The, the ones that are here now and the ones that will be here um, in the future. Speaking of that, what's the deal? You got to have a girlfriend and, and what's going on with that? <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. I do have a girlfriend uh, and, and she's awesome. Um, she didn't go to Stetson. Oh. Um, <laughs> so but I but I do. And, and, and she is really an amazing woman and definitely been someone who's been um, helping my growth um, over the time we've been together. So um, I'm very thankful for her. So I know uh, everybody, especially around Coach Hughes and the football program, you, you get uh, presented with a lot of opportunities to to read and grow. Uh, from different books and different things uh, as far as leadership. So what are you reading now? What do you, what do you enjoy reading? Okay. Um, So what I'm reading now is textbooks. Uh, I'm still reading (laughs) textbooks and cases. uh, So I don't get a lot of opportunities for reading for myself. I mean, that's part of my, myself and growth, but like personal readings, Um, you know, I have a couple of books that are waiting on me. So one is the care principle. It's a, it's a management, a uh, book that I'm really looking forward to reading. Um, another one is a trillion dollar coach, which is actually about 
uh, Bill Campbell, um, who's, you know, the, the Campbell Trophy sure. awarded after. Um, so that's a, another book I'm really waiting for to read. Seasons of Life is another. Um, and then also 14 Days in, Be- in Beijing uh, by Chance Jackson. Um, so, yeah, that's on my to read list. It's probably actually on the top and I'm, I, I can't wait to read it. I, you know, I really truly believe in supporting my teammates. Um, and I was really excited when I found out that he was writing a book. And, you know, that's one of the things I did was purchase that. Yeah, that's one of the things I've got on my to-do list as well is uh, get his book and read it and hopefully have him on the podcast to talk about it. Um, yeah. So what kind of superstitions did you have as a player? <laughs> uh, I didn't have I didn't have any. Um, Come on, you had to have something. I really didn't have any. I tried to. uh my thing is I tried to get on the bus, uh, put in my headphones, um, you know, play some music. I had a playlist called Game Day, um, and I always play that same playlist, and I would add music to it every time. Um, what I was wanting to listen to that day specifically from that that sound or that uh, playlist might have been different. Um, that was that was that was it for the most part. Other than that, it was just uh, look good. Um, when I, when I got on the field, I want to make sure I look good, you know, so if you look good, you play good. Um, so that was, that was all my, always my experience, but no real superstitions. So how do you like to spend your time away from work and, and, and now that football's over with away from football, how do you like to, how, how do you relax? How do you spend your time away? Mm-hmm. Um, so one is I, I like to, like I said, I like to learn. Um, and I think that's grown in me even more. Sure. Um, so I'm always watching, you know, some videos. Um, just last night I was watching videos for fun uh, about some dividend stocks and stuff like that. I, you know, been in the, the stock market uh, pretty hav- heavily during the dip. So I bought into the dip and that's looking pretty good, you know, nice. making about 50% plus on my portfolio right now. Nice. So that's gonna, and that's going to grow even more um, before it's all said and done. But you know, just doing that, learning, learning all I can um, in that aspect. Um, let's see, playing video games. Uh, I love to play video games. Um, you know, Apex right now is big for me. I play some Madden every once in a while, too. Um, but I'm real, a bit, real big Apex Legends fan. Um, so that's been um, pretty cool. And, and then just also just, you know, spending time with, you know, my girlfriend or my, or my friends and, you know, just relaxing and doing stuff you're doing 50 percent in the stock market you and i have to get together so you can look at my retirement and see what we can make <laughs> some money <laughs> hey it make hey look it makes it really easy when you're not uh um when you are investing into the dips uh in the market that we just had sure. it was a huge dip i was able to buy into it um so it, you know it just kind of makes it easy to make money during that time uh, i'm hey. sure a lot of people are making a lot of money right now yeah if you're looking at the stock market today it's exploded today yeah, absolutely. So, like fifteen, like fifteen percent today. Yeah, yeah. For, so, who's the most famous person you've ever met, and when and where did that happen? Oh wow! Uh, sheesh. I mean, I, probably Michael Jordan. Well, that's a good one. And that was in, yeah, that was in high school. He came for one of Marcus's games, um, and and I met him in there. So yeah, Michael Jordan's probably the the most famous uh, for sure. Um, you know, I've met some a couple players in the in the NFL and stuff like that through, um, you know, going to some some of the, some of the Jaguars games right. and uh, things like that. And yeah, so I mean, but Michael Jordan is probably definitely easily the most famous for sure. Now, how cool is it for you to go to Jaguars games and get to watch Donald play on Sundays? Yeah, I mean, it's fun, man. That's that's my brother. I mean, bro, uh, blood can make us any any closer. So, you know, when got going out there and seeing him make the plays that I know he can make, um, you know, when, when he's been doubted and different things like that, it's just a really cool and surreal moment, even for me. And I can only imagine, um, you know, how surreal it is for him actually being out there and, you know, getting sacks on, you know, Jameis Winston or, um, you know, tackling some of these great players um, in, in the NFL. Want to cheer on the Hatters at their next away game? Maybe you're visiting family or just looking for a fun getaway. Whatever the reason for your next takeoff, make sure you fly the official airport of Stetson Athletics, Orlando Sanford International Airport. With over 75 nonstop destinations, let SFB get you to your next adventure. Visit flysfb.com. 
for more information. So let's take a turn back to serious for a minute. Obviously, there's a lot going on in the world today. Um, there's a lot of strife in race relations. There's a lot of strife in the world politically. Obviously, there's a lot of concern over the COVID-19. There's a lot of things that are going into making people uncomfortable in this country, especially with conversations about race. I want to explore as much as you want to explore your story as far as being a black man in America at this time and, and how, how your life has been impacted by, you know, the, the racial problems that we have in this country and that, you know, we're trying to face, but it's a, it's a fight every day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, growing up and seeing, like I said, like the, the different things and you don't really necessarily understand it as much when you're younger. Um, and you're just trying to, push through it and make your way through it. But just seeing the type of, um, you know, trauma that my community went through, um, seeing the the extreme levels of, you know, poverty, you know, um, you know, single family homes, different things like that. And, um, and understanding what's important to understand is what goes into that, you know? And, and I think a lot of people don't truly get a chance to, to take a look at the history, understanding, you know, when, um, you know, we were emancipated from slavery, right. we got zero reparations. Right. We weren't getting anything, any land, any ownership, um, any chances to go out there and be successful and create wealth for ourselves. Right. Um, and whereas you go look at other incidents um, of, you know, mass incarceration, mass um, homicides and um, genocides and different things like that, like the Holocaust, where they got eight billion dollars in reparations. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and then these are information that that people don't know and and don't kind of understand how structurally, you know, it's been a hard time, you know, for people of color, sure. um, you know, here in here in the U.S. Um, you know, so that's just been tough, and and now you are kind of seeing everything just comes ahead with the uh, police brutality and and being, you know how being a black person can make you be in a situation where you fear for your life, even if you are unarmed, even if you are are an active citizen in your community and you're doing everything right, you know, um, you could still be put in a situation where your, your life is threatened or taken. Um, you know, um, and, and one of the stories that kind of isn't mentioned as much and right now during, um, the protests and different things like that is Breonna Taylor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, where she was just in uh, your American citizen, you know, working hard, head on straight, you know, looking towards the future, wanted to be an EMT, you know, going to the healthcare field where she was going to help a ton of people. Sure. Um, and her house was, you know, raided apparently because they had a warrant, even though the people who they were looking for was several uh, blocks away, mm-hmm. not even close to her home. Um, and her life was was taken in her own home Mm -hmm. for doing nothing, you know, um, you know, for some people or police officer, I should say, you know, kind of just barging in and not even, um, you know, letting them know that they was there in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Um, if I was woken up in the middle of the night, someone knocking at my door, I'd be scared for my life and willing to, you know, defend myself. And I'm sure many other people would as well and not know what's going on. So those are kind of like the stories of the untold and things are going on. And now, what you see is, is the protests, um, and, and the riots and what they, people have to understand is that most of the protests are peaceful. Right. You know, and, you know, so. <laughs> how has all that impacted you personally? I mean, how, how, how are you doing during this time? Um, it's been a rough time, you know, it's very sure. sad. Um, you know, when I can't, I can't really turn on social media. Right. Um, and see anything other than that. Um, and I, and I, that's all I've, that's all I've known. Like I've known these things have been going on, but just to keep seeing it, seeing it, um, obviously it leaves a lot of, uh, you know, stress, the stress and and trauma. Um, you know, so that's, it's, it's been really tough to see that, but it also has impacted me to make sure I'm, you know, I'm doing my part. How else can I help? 
you know, um, and continue to, to give back as much as I can. I know Chicago police don't have the best reputation in the world, but there are a lot of police departments that, that don't have great reputations, especially large ones, because when, when a department is so large, there's, there's no way to avoid getting bad actors into that group. Uh, but I guess the Chicago kind of gets played up more because of the TV series about Chicago PD and how, how close is that to true life and, and how, how, you know, how big is the struggle in, in your hometown to, with the uh, race relations and police? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's a big city, so you're right. You know, it's so many more uh, precincts and, and, and more people to worry about. Um, so that does make it more tough to um, have more control and have more oversight on what's going on. Um, I mean, but it's, it's tough there as, as well, too. You know, um, it's, it's very true life and real life and people being um, stereotyped and, and being pulled over, um, you know, for literally no reason or, or not having a reason to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that happens to people all the time. And then sometimes they're taken advantage of because they don't necessarily know their rights. Right. right. Um, so it, it's, it's very real life. Those definitely something that's happening. Um, I mean, it even forced me to think about times going back when I worked in Chicago sales right. and marketing. So um, we actually had to do some door to door sales, which right. if you ever done that or know anyone has ever done that, that's the hardest thing you can do. Right. Um, so we had to do some door to door sales and, and most times it, it was pretty cool, but you go to some areas um, and because you don't look like the people that live in the areas, I literally had the police call on me Sure. Um, when I've told the person who I am, showed her identification, everything like that. Um, and had the police call on me. I mean, I finished, you know, working the rest of that block and then I left the area cause I didn't want to wait to see what was going to happen. Um, when police got there, even though I'm doing my job, right. I have everything that I need on me. I have my authorized, uh, you know, dealer shirt on, I have my badge and my identification, um, but even with that and just doing my job, I felt like I was, you know, in a, in a threatful situation. So I had to, to leave. Mm-hmm. How, has, so. how, how have things been for you with race relations and the police here in Deland? Because I know being a part of the football team, you know, the police are around, they escort you into the stadium. They're there for security at games. I mean, you see a, a lot of those officers all the time. How has the relationship been uh, in this city? Um, and the land has been great. I haven't had I haven't had any experiences, so I can't I can only speak for myself. Sure. Um, but I haven't had any bad experiences. Um, I mean, the, the the probably two times I've been pulled over here. One was for my lights being off because I just got a oil change earlier that day and they turned them off and uh-huh. I didn't know to turn them on. So and they, you know, just warned me and let me know, let me go. Um, another time was um, when I was a college student and. Um, the car I was driving was my uh, then girlfriend at the time. Um, and, you know, they were just checking on it because the Illinois plates were reading wrong. So, you know, um, and then they let me go. So those those two are my only, you know, situations of being pulled over. So I can only speak positively. And like you said, some of those officers are at the game. Some of those officers are um, former um, Stetson public safety sure. um, officers. So. You know, I've had a great experience with them so far. So how, how, I don't know how to ask this. Um, how do we, how do we as a society get better? How, what's, what do we do to improve? I mean, I work in college athletics and I've been around young black men for 30 years. And I grew up in a completely white area of the state I grew up in. And uh, my first experience dealing with any people of color was when I got to college and they were student athletes and they became some of my best friends. And, you know, I didn't know any different. I can't know the experience you have when, I mean, I know when the blue lights come on behind me, I'm freaking out. I can't imagine what it's like when blue lights come on behind you because it's a totally different fear. I'm, I'm worried about getting an $80 ticket. You're worried about whether or not you're going to get out of this alive. I can't imagine that. How, how, do, how do we get from where you're worried about the $80 ticket instead of worrying about your life? 
Well, I think there just needs to be complete uh, police reform. Um, and this is obviously, like I said, my po- uh, personal opinions. Um, you know, there needs to be a system of checks and balances. I mean, there's no way we c- we should be seeing these videos that are taking place um, and nothing is being done. I mean, literally, there was a video, I think, just yesterday of a older gentleman being pushed by the by the uh, Buffalo Police Department, I think it was. Um or the New York, I can't remember. It was but Buffalo, yeah. It was Buffalo. Um, 75-year-old man. Um, and in the police report, it said he tripped and fell, whereas clearly in the video, um, they pushed him. So things like that just that just can't happen. And I'm so glad that we do have videos to be able to police the police. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need to, you know, see charges. They need to, you know, can't feel like they are just gonna be able to walk free. Um, if they do anything wrong. Right. Right. I know it's uh, a, it's a, it's an emotionally charged subject, but it's a subject we've got to fight through the discomfort and have those discussions. I think just because we've got to get better as a nation. I mean, we, we can't continue the way we are. And I think that's one of the biggest things. I mean, I couldn't tell you um, the amount of people who are like, Oh, I mean, I just didn't know uh, what to say. I was uncomfortable or, you know, I mean, Okay. I mean, that's where growth happens. It's okay that you're uncomfortable. Reach out. You have to say something. Right. Um, Because if, you know, some of these people that you really love in your life are people of color or or people you look up to or different things like that, it's important to reach out to them um, and and hear what they have to say if they, you know, want to talk about and just let them know that you're there to listen or talk or learn. Um, Because I think so much can be learned from those conversations. you know, and it's definitely going to help our growth and definitely going to help bring us together, you know, whenever you can have empathy and understand how other people feel as opposed to just knowing the way that you felt all your life, you know. Um, so that's a, that's an important thing. GoHatters.PhotoShelter.com is your one-stop shop for all of the most memorable moments from your favorite Stetson teams. Game day and event photos are available for purchase directly on the website. Show your Stetson pride and log on to GoHatters.PhotoShelter.com to get your photos today. So what's uh, what's in the immediate future for Davion Bell? Um, the immediate future, uh, I, I don't know. I wish I could tell you. I mean, I'm working on, I'm hoping to get together a project. Um, you know, that will help with mentorship of minorities in our area. Um, so I'm, you know, already starting to, de- you know, work to develop that. Um, and I'm putting it out in the air just so, you know, people can hold me accountable. Absolutely. You know, but that, that's something that I'm working on. Right. So if I can use some of my connections and, and, and use um, some of the people I met and my information that I've been able to obtain to help out you know, people behind me and help put them in better situations and helps them see what options are available for them and, and, and things that are out there. I think that'll be uh, a big help um, to society. Well, I know from my perspective, you're one of my favorite people that I've worked with in, in college athletics. You've been, you've been tremendous from the first day you got on campus, uh, not only as a player, but as a person and as somebody who just, wants to grow and wants to see everyone around them get better. And it's, you know, my hat's off to you. I think you're, I think you're a tremendous example of what not only college athletics, but what Stetson university uh, is all about. And it's, um, you know, it, it makes me feel good to see you succeed and, and to see you continue to grow and prosper. And, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I can't wait either to see. Um, I know it's a lot of great things. I know I'm just, you know, continually like doing things to get better, like you said, and and uh, the rest will work itself out. Very good. Davion, I've really enjoyed having you on Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. I hope we'll have you on again sometime soon and and uh, we'll talk about how you've gotten your uh, your project off the ground. Instead of just uh, it being an idea, we'll hold your feet to the fire and and we'll get you on here to talk about how things are going with that. But this has been great, and uh, I can't wait till we can get together again and stand on the sidelines and watch football practice. Yeah, I can't wait either. Ready for some football. Thanks, Ricky. I, I really appreciate it. My pleasure, and uh, thanks for coming on. That'll do it for this episode of Hatter Chatter, the podcast. We want to thank all of our sponsors, and uh, we'll have another guest on again very soon. But thanks, and go Hatters. And that'll do it for this edition of Hatter Chatter, the podcast. Presented by Insight Credit Union. 
I'd like to thank all of our corporate sponsors who make it possible for Stetson University and Stetson Athletics to provide our more than 400 student athletes a quality experience on the courts and fields of competition in the same way the faculty provides all Stetson University students a quality educational experience. Those sponsors include, of course, our presenting sponsor, Insight Credit Union. Other sponsors include Florida Public Utilities. Visit askforgas.com for more information. GEICO Insurance. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com to find out how. Advent Health. Visit westvolusia.com. Old Florida, new vibe. Coca-Cola Beverages of Florida. The Alliance Community for Retirement Living. Bud Light, the official beer of Stetson University. Florida Orthopedic Associates. If it hurts, see them first. Hampton Inn and Suites of Deland. Imageworks, your one-stop corporate identity shop. Main Street Community Bank. Familiar name, familiar faces, familiar bank. Morningstar Storage, the space you need, the way you want it. Orlando Sanford International Airport. Visit flysfb.com. Simpler, faster, better. Total Comfort, the name you can trust. And Weston Lake Mary Orlando North, for a better you. Thank you to all of our corporate sponsors.